from you. We're here to bless your name, Jesus. Put us off ourself for a moment. We're here to take our focus off ourself for a moment. You're the King of Kings. There's none like you. Never has been, never will be. goodness surpasses anything we've ever known to be good, Lord. Come on, just bless his heart a bit longer. He's an amazing God. As those wildflowers are there to bring him glory, we're here to use our mouth this morning love on him to shine for him we love you Jesus we love you Jesus bless your name we bless your name Lord people encounter you lets people come close to you this is must have been a glimpse of what some of the stories we read of in your word people were in the same place as almighty God and well, it was amazing to think that you would allow this but we're so grateful we're so thankful we're so humble here this morning before you Lord take your seats church just have your heart open to him this morning you didn't come expecting this I'm sure so keep your heart open to what you may want to do and say and touch in your life over the next 20 minutes Dan's going to come and share this morning I love that song the uh, tremble he makes the darkness tremble. He silences fear. How cool is that? God does that in our lives. He, he makes the darkness in our life tremble. He, ma- he silences the fear in our life. And, uh, and he works all things together for good for those 
who love him and who are called according to his purposes. We, we love him. That was the last song of adoration we sung to him. We, we love you, Jesus. And we are all called according to his, his purpose. So he works all things together for good for us. Yeah, how amazing. Well, who enjoys housework? <laughs> who's, who's been asked to do something at home this week and they just don't enjoy it? They haven't enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, we've got we haven't got a teenager yet, Cass, but we've got a we've got a tweenager. Is in between the the um, being a child and a teenager, a tweenager. Yeah, and um, she's getting to that stage where she starts to roll her eyes whenever you ask her to do something. No, she's that's yeah. Thankfully, she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> She, she rolls her eyes, you know, can you stack the dishwasher? And this big roll, and I, I think that's so rude. <laughs> I just asked you to do something, you roll your eyes at me. It's so rude. I never used to do that when I was young. <laughs> no, seriously, I never used to do it. And then I was thinking back to... <laughs> I was thinking back to all the things that I used to get asked to do because we lived on a farm and there were farm things to do. We didn't have a dishwasher, so we had to do it by hand. And then I started to remember all those times where I would roll my eyes and be like, again? You're wanting me to go and lock up the animals again? You want me to wash the dishes again? I've already done that once this year. And, it's, <laughs> and I discovered that, that Eliza's just another little version of me. She, she, um, yeah, it's funny, it's funny. But um, it made me think about um, my life uh, growing up and on the farm. And, and I did used to love doing some things, particular things. But um, my dad, was a, he was a thinker, he was a dreamer, and his, his body couldn't quite keep up with him. And so I became his, his, his body, I suppose, his worker. And so he'd come up with ideas and be like, we're going to do this, and then out, out I'd go to do it. And, uh, and, and we used to have animals, and, and he used to, um, he was a horticulturalist as well, so he loved plants, and he knew how they worked, and knew what they needed, and, uh, and we, yeah, we would rotate our animals from yard to yard, and paddock to paddock, so we had goats, we had chickens, we had, you name it, we had it, and, um, and so we would build, I'd build these fences, and, uh, and they would work in a way they could easily rotate from one to the other because you needed to give one a break. You know, the animals poo all over one yard and then you shift them onto another, a nice fresh one. And, and one of them with all the poo and the fertiliser uh, re- restores itself and it gets all uh, nutrient and it, it gets good again. And while the other one's getting pooed on and, and uh, fertilised by their by whatever they've got and and uh, we whatever we used in the house whatever was wasted in the house would go on the these plants or the garden or it would go to feed the the chickens it was there was nothing wasted and uh and, and I was thinking in nature that's how nature that's how god sets nature up there's nothing wasted in nature we used to live in a place where 
the, uh, the bin truck wouldn't come to pick up our rubbish because we were too far out. So we had to be careful with what waste we had. And so everything got reused or recycled or went on the garden. It, it, was, it was everything, nothing, there was no waste. There was, there was some plastic waste and we had to dispose of that carefully in uh, like bins in town, things like that that you're not supposed to do. Uh, but yeah, there, there's nothing wasted in nature. And it made me think that, I wonder if that's how God has set us up with nothing wasted. And uh, because we often go through times in our life where we failed at things. And, and, uh, and God's, God created nature and he created us. So why would we be different? There's nothing wasted in nature. It, it all tends to recycle, tends to be reused. Animals die and they decompose in the ground. Uh, insects come up, they eat the animal and it it's nutrients for the ground, it's nutrients for the animals, for the insects. The worms get in there, the dung beetles come and they eat the dung and that gets used and nothing is wasted and, uh, and it's the same in our life. And it, it made me think of, of, uh, of the story of Moses, the story of Moses. He has, he has an amazing finish to his life. It's, it, it ends in a, in a great way where he's, he's delivered the Israelites into the, the promised land. He's set that up for them. But we, there's, there's not much on his beginning of his life or the middle. Uh, and, but there is a little bit, and it, it talks about how terrible it was and how hard it was. And, and then we wait a long time until the great finale of his life. And, uh, and there's a lot of wasted time, you might think, in that. Have you ever thought that you've wasted a moment in your life or a, or a season in your life or a, a time in your life yet and, and you, you can't get it back? It's gone. It's, it's wasted. Well, Moses had times like that. I want to read from Acts 7, 20 to 37. Now, this is, uh, this is an account from Stephen. This is the, one of the only messages Stephen preached and uh, before he was stoned. And he, he preaches about Moses. Verse 20, he says, At that time Moses was born. Now we'll come back and we'll talk about what at that time was. And he was no ordinary child. Now I, I'm convinced that there's, there's never been an ordinary child. We're, we're all created differently. We're all created in a unique way. We're created in God's image. And, uh, and so that, that, that makes us not ordinary. There's no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared, by for, his, for, cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went out in his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought, that his, people, that his own people would realise that God was using him to rescue them. But they did not. The next day, 
Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he, was, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the, uh, in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight, and he went over to get a closer look. He heard, he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses they had rejected with words, with the words, who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself. Through the angel, though the angel appeared to him in, a, in the bush, he, he led them out of Egypt and perform, performed wonders and signs in Egypt and at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. I love the story of Moses. I, I see it as, as so unexpected, uh, what he did in the end of his life, from where he came from. It's, it's a story of how you start doesn't have to be how you finish. At that time, Moses was born. Now, that, that speaks of... They wouldn't have that if there was no point to it. At that time, Moses was born. See, the time when Moses was born was when there was a pharaoh. The, the Bible says there was a pharaoh who had forgotten Joseph. Now, Joseph brought uh, peace uh, between the, the uh, Egyptians and the Israelites, or the Hebrews. And, and they lived together in harmony, and they, they worked together. They, they did things together. There was, they gathered grain together for, for times of famine. And God... Uh, God, was, God was in that. But this time came where, where this Pharaoh had forgotten those times. He had forgotten when God was good. He had forgotten that God was good. And, uh, and the, the Hebrews had, had um, multi, multiplied in number the Egyptians. So it's too many Hebrews here. We're going to kill the firstborn. So he sent out a... a uh, a law so saying that the firstborn Hebrew was to be killed. Now Moses was a firstborn, firstborn son. And so he was born into that time where the Pharaoh wanted him dead. So have you ever wondered why you were born where you were and wondered why you were born into the family that you were born into, why you had to do the certain jobs that you had to do, 
Well, Moses was born into this. And, uh, and his parents wanted to keep him safe. And so they wrapped him up and they stuck him outside, the Bible says. They put him outside. And that was to keep him safe because inside wasn't safe. And he went down, they, they put him in the river to sail down the river to keep him away from the Pharaoh. And, uh, and this, this river, there would have been crocodiles in there. He could have drowned in there. It was, it was the safest thing for him, but it wasn't safe. And, uh, and so Pharaoh's daughter ended up finding him and took him in and brought him up. Now, Pharaoh went from not even having parents to having a surrogate mum, and, and he had a, a dad that wanted to kill him, wanted him dead from the start. He was living in a house that wasn't his, he was a Hebrew that was being brought up as an Egyptian. He was, he was an outsider. He, felt like, he would have felt like an outsider. His mum came and worked for his not real mum as a maid. And everything about his situation uh, caused him to, would have caused him to lose his identity. And uh, as, as he grew up, he, he did, just didn't fit because he was a Hebrew, but he was an Egyptian. But he wasn't an Egyptian because he was a Hebrew. And uh, so he had no identity. And so I'm sure you can relate to him feeling like an outsider, just wanting to be accepted by someone, but so far not being accepted. And it, it made me think that maybe... God wanted him to be an outsider. Sometimes when we feel like an outsider, maybe God wants us to be outsiders. Why, why do you think I would say that? It's because you can, you can lead those that are outside. See, Moses led those, the, the Israelites, and they were outsiders. They were slaves. He was, he was designed like that. Moses was brought up like that as an outsider, but he was to lead the, the, the already outsiders. It's amazing. It's amazing how God sets things up. See, nothing is wasted. When you're in God, nothing is wasted. He uses those times to, to bring you to freedom and to bring others to freedom as well. It goes on in verse 22. Moses was educated in the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. What a waste of an education. He was, he was a Hebrew, but he was educated well. In the end of his life, he led the, the Israelites out of slavery. He was educated well. I was just thinking that's, you know, wasted time really. He could have been doing some, some good stuff. But it made me think about my dad a bit. See, when my dad was, well, about... 30 years ago. Dad was working as an engineer. He was a civil engineer in Darwin. He was uh, rebuilding the roads that Cyclone Tracy had just destroyed. And, uh, and he had a bit of a tough time at work. And it was, it was mainly, it, it was just a co-worker and it spiralled out of control. And that caused him to go into a bit of a mental breakdown. Well, not a bit of a mental breakdown, a big mental breakdown. And uh, the story goes on that Dad got back to his feet a bit, got back to work, and then they made him redundant. And so he had no job. And so all this, all this stuff 
that dad was going through, it was kind of, he would have felt like it was forced on him. But it was, it was he, he was asking the question to God, why, why is this happening to me? I didn't deserve this. I was just doing my job, just doing my life, uh, raising my family, raising my kids. But he was in this, this state. And, uh, and then the family... Oh, anyway, Dad went on to have a son. Uh, and one, one, one of his sons was, was quite uh, good at school. He was well-educated. He was doing... Have, you know, the, the marks were good. They were, around, like, all around the board. And, and he had a future. And he had a plan, this son, to, to go to uni and to become an engineer as well, some sort of engineer. Not quite sure, but the plan was there, to, to finish school, to go to uni, to have this grand future. But So while Dad was in this state of why did this happen to me, what he didn't know was the, the tools and the, and the skills and the... Uh, me, years later, in years 11 and 12, I got quite a, a deep, dark depression. And, and that was tools that Dad had picked up along the way. He'd been educated in those ways on how to navigate his way through this, this dark time in his life. And so Dad was educated well in, in a, something that got forced on him. Uh, like, he, he couldn't help that, but he had to be educated in that. And, uh, and it was for a reason. So there's no waste when you're in God. See, this, Dad would have seen this as a big waste. His whole career that he had worked up to was just gone in a moment. What a waste. But it wasn't. Every skill, every lesson, and every talent that you've learnt is for a reason. God's training you. He's preparing you. And he is setting you up. Nothing is wasted. Whether, whether you've gone through an education and you've, you've planned that education but you've never actually used that qualification at the end of it. It's not wasted. Whether something's been forced on you and you've had to learn a certain way, that's not wasted. Nothing in nature is wasted. Nothing in God is wasted. See, all these things that we learn along our life, whether it's, whether it's learnt on purpose or whether it's forced on us, it, it makes us unique. It, yeah, it, it, it uh, shapes us as a person. It builds our character. And the world needs you. The world needs someone who is unique. So we, we sometimes spend our life trying to be normal, trying to fit in, like Moses, trying to fit into what was accepted, what was normal. But no, God didn't want something that was fit in to something that was normal or something that was shaped the same way everything else was shaped. He wanted someone unique, See, Moses was not an ordinary baby. He wasn't an ordinary man as well. God wants someone unique. He's designed us in his image, and we are all unique. Nothing is wasted in God. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people. So he saw them getting... Uh, afflicted by a, a slave, he killed the slave and was like, see, God's, you trust me because God's using me to deliver you. And they didn't trust him because he was a killer. He did the wrong thing here. And when he realized he did the wrong thing, he fled. He fled away to Midian. And here it says that Moses 
when Moses heard this, when, when he realised this, this man who said, who do you think you are? are you going, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When he heard that, he realised, yeah, I did the wrong thing. I just murdered a man. And so he fled out of guilt. He felt like he's failed God. And he felt like it was over. Everything leading up to that point had been wasted. And he said, it says here that he settled. Moses settled as a foreigner. He was guilty, he had failed, everything was wasted and he settled. Have you ever found yourself settling for less? Maybe in life, maybe you've had a call on your life from God and you felt like you just didn't cut it, you just didn't make it, you didn't, you didn't quite get there so you've settled. Settled for something you've justified it in your life. Yeah, God would still like me to be doing this. God would still think it's a good idea for me to walk. He's settled, yeah. Maybe in, in work life, you've settled for something less. You felt like there's more you should push through, you should get the promotion, but it didn't happen, so you settled. Or business. Business is the same. Maybe you've got your own business and you dreamed big things and, uh, and they didn't happen and you failed. And so you dreamed again and you failed again. And you kept on dreaming, you kept on failing, fail after another, after another. And so you settled. It was all too hard. He settled for 40 years. You can't let people define you because they'll always define you by your worst moment. So this man said to Moses, are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? He had defined him or judged him because it was by his worst moment. And he said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Every failure you go through is going to make you more honest. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you more trustworthy. Every failure will make you more successful. So there's no waste in God. That moment you thought was waste in your, your life, God saw it as fertiliser. Yeah. You thought it was just chicken poo, but really it was fertiliser. You thought it was wasted, all gone, all finished. It was fertiliser. I'll have the band up, thanks. Now, Stephen says in verse 35, this is the same Moses. He's talking about Moses settling, and then God spoke to him in the burning bush and said, go back, I'm sending you back. You thought these years were wasted, they're not. I was just waiting for the right time, the right moment. I'm sending you back. Stephen describes this as the same Moses, the same Moses that was called to go back, the same Moses that was born at a disadvantage, the same Moses that was an outsider, 
by those who he lived with, by his parents, by, by those he grew up around. The same Moses that was rejected and judged by those around him, by his own people. The same Moses that settled in the wilderness for 40 years. They said the words, who made you ruler and judge? Well, God made him ruler and judge. Stephen goes on to say, God made him ruler and deliverer for the Israelites, the same people that rejected him. Even when Moses was running from God for 40 years, God was preparing him. He was preparing the way. See, he lived in isolation for 40 years in the desert. But then the last part of his life, he was leading the outsiders through the desert for 40 years. It was all preparation. Everything you've been through is preparation for your life. Nothing is wasted in God. Nothing is wasted when you hand it back to God. So we try and keep it to ourselves. God's saying, hand it back to me, and I'll use all things together for good that are in your life. I'll use all of those things that were wasted, that were failed. I'll use every bit of your life for good, for your good, and for other people's good. See, Moses experienced freedom then, and he, he delivered people into freedom as well, a whole nation. And he was the same Moses that was born at a disadvantage. He delivered them. He was the same Moses that was an outsider, the same guy that was rejected and outcast, the same guy who settled for less, delivered a whole nation. So God's saying today that every waste, every failure in your life was for, it's not wasted. God's going to use it. He's going to bring it all together. Just hand it over to him. See, he can put things together you can't imagine would go anywhere. But God sees it all as fertilizer for the future in your life. Nothing is wasted. Let's all stand. Lord, I thank you that we are called by you. We are your children. You draw us into your family. Lord, I thank you that through every failure, every wasted opportunity, every wasted season, Lord, you're there with us. You're there championing us on, Lord. I thank you, God, that you do work things together for us, God. You send us back into our failure. Lord, you send us back there to, to, to receive that freedom, to receive that healing receive that deliverance, Lord, but not only for ourselves, but for the sake of those around us. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the way that you call us and draw us in, Lord. Our prayer is that we, uh, we step closer to you every moment, Lord, to experience more that you have for us. We thank you for your freedom. And uh, Lord, we just declare every part of your goodness over our life, Lord, so that we can step into who you are and who you've called us to be in in a bigger way, God. Thank you, Lord. Peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounded me, let it break. 
Last couple of weeks, I've had people come and let me know of areas of breakthrough in their life and and um, being set free from certain things. Some were things that uh, um, they might have believed that was just their cross to carry for the rest of their life, and all of a sudden stepped into a newfound freedom in not just salvation, but a, a random area in their life where they had been held bondage and. Um, Thank you, Dan, for that message this morning because a light went on in my mind of how we view some of these bondages in our world. Like uh, uh, we just ask God to remove them from our life. But sometimes it's not, he's, he's not going to remove them, but use them in our world and in our life. If we can just, if you can just hang here with me for one more moment, because there's some people that have pressed into God of late and you've believed for something and you haven't felt that you've received the fullness of that breakthrough, well, possibly this could be an element of it. So if you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes and just, just give me one more moment here. Holy Spirit, I pray for each and every person here, God. It's the same freedom you bought for one, you've bought for the other and the next, all of us. And we're so thankful and we're so grateful. It was all done at Calvary. But God, as we walk out our life and we just discover and try and, and, uh, and learn about what we have been given and try and hold on to what we have been given, I pray for those that right now are struggling over a particular area. I pray for them, Lord God, that you would turn their mourning into dancing, that you will set them free where there has been bondage and slavery in Jesus' name, that you would not necessarily remove them. Quite possibly, you will be sending them back into their Egypt to bring deliverance for not only them, but for others around them. So Lord, cause us to rise up in our weaknesses. Give them to you. Let them become strengths in our lives. Let them become trophies in our world that will help somebody else to walk in that same freedom and blessing. Just keep your eyes closed for a moment. Holy Spirit, come with an anointing right now to break chains in Jesus' name, to break mindsets in Jesus' name. We receive from you. We are excited by this, Lord. We're excited by going back into our week this week. The thing that was intimidating us and hanging over our head, we look at it differently now, Lord. And we thank you. You are God, our deliverer. You set us free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. All areas. We claim that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. We're going to finish the service right there. Prayer with somebody to stand with you. You're welcome to come as well. And Dan will pray with you. But we'll see you all Friday night service this week, 6.30. Thank you.